please stand with me for reading of the scriptures? Um, This is Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word of God for the people of God. Again, happy birthday, Keely. That's really fun. Um, boy, that was all the gospel just right there in those verses. Yeah. It's all right there, the true gospel of, of what Paul was teaching to the Ephesians. And going, giving some history, Paul's first visit uh, to the Ephesians comes in Acts chapter 19. So I would encourage you to maybe review that. And, and see that. So as Paul's first stop there to where he saw some brothers in Christ and there was some clarification on baptism and stuff there. But, but this, out of Ephesians, this is a letter that he wrote to the Ephesians. And he alone, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the gospel. And, and a lot of times we as the body of Christ, we need that remembrance, that reminder. In the first chapter of Ephesians, it's, it's, a, it's a poetic uh, portion of there. Of course, the first few verses are greetings. And then the second one is the second section. I think it's from verse 4 to 14 is, is really a nice poem of the gospel for the Ephesians. And then from 15 on, the rest of the chapter, it's a prayer for us to hear. And that's what I relate to, because a lot of times in that prayer, using that prayer from Ephesians 1, 15 through 21, I would change, wherever it says you on there, I would change that to the person's name that comes to mind, or praying for that person that may be ill or wandering, or may have just, you know, stopped coming to church for no reason, you know, whatsoever, and just to give the wisdom and understanding. And to be honest, I think, except our our new visitors, I've pretty much prayed that prayer over each of you all, 
in, in hoping that you would get rich in the glory of God in his gospel. So that's where that ends. And then I like how it starts off in chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses. And that's where we were before you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. And, and that's the part of, of what Paul is, is really wanting to point out. And I'm not going to go through, through verse uh, 2 and 3 as it says, because we knew where our past was. And we've shared that many of times. But it's important that he reminds us, because once we were dead, we were dead in our trespasses, and not knowing Christ to give us that eternal life. So that's the reason for those verses as he starts out in this chapter. Remember, in, verse, in chapter 1, he prays for us. Then he's reminding us, of how we once were. But that's the old man. That's the old person. Because you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And with that, you have become a new creature. You have become a new person in Christ. Regenerated is, is what is a really good spiritual part of that. We were dead in spirit, which the spirit is above. And then following the spirit is the soul and then the body. So we didn't want to go on that path. So I got most of my study notes from the ESV study Bible. And this section of verses um, 1 through 3, it is labeled salvation by grace through faith. The overarching theme is that God lavishes his grace on Christians through his saving initiative. Who's that initiative? We should know that right off. Jesus Christ our Lord. God helps the helpless. Even more, he helps his enemies who have transgressed his holy law. I mean, he forgave us through Christ Jesus. And I, I know I've transgressed it a lot before I was fully walking with the Lord or, or accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. But even today, there's times of transgressions that I've committed. A lot of mine is pride. A lot of it is, is judgment. And I ask for forgiveness every day of that. There's a prayer that I learned as a kid, and, and I apply it today as well. You know, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned through my own fault. In my thoughts, in my words, what I have done, and most importantly, what I failed to do. Help me, Jesus. Help me to be a better servant for you, to spread your love, even to my enemies. So here, that's, you know, pretty much in verse 1 through 3. But verse 4 through 10 is, is the meat of, of this, and this is applying for us because it's, it's the stepping stones of our discipleship to the lost. So verses 4 through 10 is there's hope in Christ. In contrast to the hopeless state of the non-believer, Christians exalt in hope because of God's incredible grace 
and free salvation. Isn't that awesome? It's free salvation. Could you imagine where, if we were still in the Old Testament times in the first covenant that we had to go out and slaughter animals all the time to cover, just cover our sins, and then having to wait till judgment day to see if we even did that right? But no, we have salvation through Christ Jesus. Verse 4 is Shippen's favorite, and that's what I labeled this uh, um, sermon, but God, but God is rich in mercy. And, and that is the most important part. You know, rich, we think of rich as, as wealth, which is the first portion of the, of the definition of, of, wealth, of rich being wealthy or wealth. But the second one is more important, and it implies here. It's abundance. It's the abundance of mercy the compassion of God for all of us and for the non-believers and those that are seeking. He has so much abundance, compassion for all his creation that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Verse 5 relates to we were and there are still walking dead souls among us. And that's where we're called. For the non-believer. We're, we're saved. We're alive. But even before. We were. You know. Yesterday's celebration for. Three quarters of the nation. Was celebrating death. So in a way. We were the walking dead. But here. We are alive in Christ. And we are called. That we need to go spread the word to those that are dead in spirit and in their soul. Verse 6 and 7 lifts us up as we were raised up with him. We who believe in him are given new life, new spirituality in this age. And there's that regeneration that we were talking about. So it is good to know your history where you were before because you're going to share your testimony. I was there too. But in Christ, I died. And now I'm a new creation, a regeneration of this spirit in this, in this temple and that we are to serve Christ. Verses 8 relates to by grace, refers to God's favor who have transgressed his law and sinned against him. And again, there's the saving grace that we so need and call for. Isn't it great that we have Grace Harvest Church? We want to harvest all the grace, and meaning that, that we want those that are non-believers to be here because we got an abundant grace to give. And that's how I see it, and that's what draws me to this church, is that abundant grace, because I was not judged when I walked in. I confessed my sins and was given a new life. And that's, that, that's so, so powerful for us. So going back to verse 9 and 10, um, 
Well, let me go back to verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Now that free gift is, is strictly God's gift. Now most of us, we all like to boast about our gifts, and that's the gift that we should boast in Christ. Because Paul said in, in, in 1 Corinthians 1, 29 through 31, you can look that up, but we should not boast in ourselves, but boast in Christ so that, in God, so that he may have all the glory. And Jeremiah said that too. And, and with that is that we're, we're so programmed and we teach our kids this. That when they got a gift, they boast about it. Oh, look at what I got. You know, look at what I got. And where I'm trying to teach our grandkids is that, because we live by the forest, so we're always in the nature. Thank God for the forest. Look at the gift that he gave us. This beautiful day, the water. Everything that what is created is a gift. And how we, how we attend to that, that is our responsibility. So we should boast in what God has done and has given us, but not of our works. But you are to work. You are to work. And I said, wait a minute, Rifle, how do you do that? How do you say that I have to work? But that is, again, the regeneration of a new spirit. How many of you have, well, I could say I have an addiction. It's to pumpkin pie. You know, so think about that. I mean, I love pumpkin pie. I got all excited. Shipping's going to make me pumpkin pie this afternoon. Well, for Sarita, too. So, Sarita, you could have some. But anyway, she's making that. And, oh, I like the whoop cream. My grandson, when he was three years old, he called it whoop cream. But I love whipped cream on pumpkin pie. And if shipping could attest to this, is that when I get the whipped cream can, I shake it up and get it going. Well, I cover that whole pie with whipped cream. I mean, you don't even see any pie anymore. It's just all a mound of whipped cream. You know that, that, that desire... That, that want of just that, for me, that whoop cream on that, that's what God's asking in our obedience. I want you to feel your heart desire in my word so that you can express that to those that are non-believers, for those that are lost, for those that are hurting and need comfort. You just want that, that urgency so that this is what I want to do. And it helps us. Flood your, flood your mind. Think of the word, well, for me, as that whoop cream on, 
on the pumpkin pie. I just want more and more so that that way we could share this. There's a good quote from Charles Spurgeon that I like that, that talks about obeying. We are not saved by obedience, for obedience is the result of salvation. We are saved by faith because faith leads us to obey. And that's what I'm talking about. We want to obey. We want to move forward and have the word spread throughout the whole world. And it's not a punishment of, if you don't obey me, you're going to get it. No. It's that desire that we have to put all that whipped cream on that plate. You know? And, that, and that's, that's the truth right there. Because what this chapter what this chapter truly is, is preparing for us, for one thing, to be one in Christ, that we all share the same gospel and believe in that same gospel, that we can go out and minister to others and be there for their needs and hopes. Because there are many people that have a lot of hopelessness they don't believe anymore. They were hurt. They gave up. They see no life. But in that prayer from chapter 1, people are starting to turn around. I have two friends, good friends, that I'm seeing that. And hopefully one day they'll show up to, to church here and enjoy that free gift and that, receive that rich mercy that God so has. There's one other um, scripture that I like, and that's in Psalms 6. I have to look it up. Um, actually, I think I'm saving this for the benediction. So let's have communion. <laughs> let's have communion. There's communion cups in the seat above you or in front of you or... And a lot of, for me, it's really hard to get that light film off. So kind of play with that. And sometimes it comes up for me and sometimes it doesn't. And forgive me, Lord, and sometimes I drink the, the grape juice before taking the, the element. So. But in the night that Jesus was betrayed, the Last Supper, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord for all what he has given us and supplied for us that we don't even deserve, but yet he loved us so much, that rich mercy that he gives us, this bread. Blessed Almighty God, and we take this in remembrance of you. And in the same manner, he took the cup and he blessed it, for it is fruit of the vine. And he asked God, Thank you, Lord, 
for your love for all of mankind. Let this blood represent a new covenant that is shedded in my blood. Thank you, Father. And we take the wine. Let's praise the Lord.